Kara Barbrick with the Space Foundation, and you're listening to the Space For You podcast. Space For You is designed to tell the stories of the amazing people who make today's space exploration possible. Today, we are joined by Tom Smokoff and Craig Faircliffe. Tom Smokoff is the co-founder and CEO of Water Pure Technologies, Inc., a Space Foundation certified technology partner. Over the past 25 years, Tom's entrepreneurial vision has driven innovations in the way water is treated and filtered. Tom's research and patented mineral ion technology is cutting edge for the treatment of biofilm-related bacteria in water. Tom has also been involved with prolonging the use and lifespan of electropositive adsorption EPA nanowater filtration technology that it was co-developed by NASA for use on the International Space Station. He's an educator and advisor to several humanitarian groups, and oftentimes you can find him teaching water safety at preparedness shows across the country. Craig graduated with a Bachelor of Science degree in marketing from the University of Utah. After 18 years of service, he ended his sales management career with Colgate Palmolive Company and began his self-employment journey. From then to the present, he has owned and operated four different business entities. He is currently the president of Water Pure Technologies, Inc. Both Tom and Craig are advocates of clean water for all. It is their hope that their efforts will benefit everyone and provide clean, fresh water to all people of all ages. Welcome to our podcast today. Hey, thank you very much. It's good to be here with you. Yeah, thank you, Kara. It's great to be here. We are excited to have you both. Um, just reading your bios makes me realize what vastly different skill sets you guys both bring to Water Peer Technologies. Tom, can you tell us a little bit about your research days? Because you spent a, a decade or more researching before you founded Water Peer. Yeah, we actually had a couple of uh, previous companies uh, with other partners where we were developing the uh, H2O Rescue. That's the name of the product, which is the copper silver ion solution. And originally we started that company where we were developing it uh, to provide safer water to people in Africa. And so we had been approached by a humanitarian group. Uh, because they knew about our technology, and that was kind of the uh, start of the company and got the ball rolling. That was Smokara Technologies and Innovative Water Technologies back in the day. And so Dr. Terry Ring and I spent about 10 years engineering that product to treat contaminated waters worldwide and just make them safer. That's a long time and serious dedication to water and the purification of it. Well, we saw the results and knew that it worked. So it kept our drive going <laughs> because it <laughs> took a while to get it off the ground and get people aware of it. Yeah, I think, you know, at least as far as stateside goes, we don't think about our water too much because it, it comes through our tap fairly, fairly clean. Well, it's not as clean as it used to be. There's a lot of agricultural uh, byproducts that get in the ground 
and plastics and you know there's a lot of boil orders going on and by the time we find out that the water isn't clean maybe coming through our tap we've already drank it so it's a good reason to be thinking about it whether something's happening or not well something a lot of people don't understand is our infrastructure meaning the pipes that lead to the house are on average 60 plus years old in some areas in some states are over 100 years old and some of those uh obviously have bacterial buildup i mean look at flint michigan with the lead problems that not only was in the water but some of these old systems have lead pipes that lead to your house it's just crazy to think about well that's why good filtration is really necessary and it enhances everybody's lives and it's very affordable to everyone to have a a filter that really works it can remove a lot of these contaminants Yes, and I want to dive into that a little bit deeper, but first, Craig, can you tell us what drew you away from your sales background into the realm of water purification? Well, that's a good question. You know, I've been in the emergency preparedness industry for the past 25 years, helping people, you know, to prepare for any type of disaster. In one of my companies, we produced and sold dehydrated and freeze-dried foods. And most people don't have an adequate supply of food or, more importantly, water in cases of emergency. Um, as, of, of course, it was evidenced by the COVID-19 uh, scarcity that we just had. Yeah. At the store level, you know, basic food and water products were wiped out within hours in the stores. And, and that's pretty scary uh, if you were caught unprepared. So if you're caught without or run out of water, what are your choices? You've got lakes, rivers, streams, they're all available, but most likely will make you sick because of the microorganisms or other contaminants that are present, making things even worse. So when I met Tom, we decided we could make a difference in the industry and help people in emergencies as well as their everyday lives with safe, clean water and have the ability to uh, obtain it at any time, no matter what the circumstance was. I think that's just brilliant. You know, I'd think we live rather sheltered lives, not even really thinking about being prepared for any sort of disaster, you know, to include COVID-19 or the the Texas freeze we had recently as well. Oh, definitely. Well, let's go back to what Tom was kind of bringing out and dig a little deeper into your products and specifically their connection to space. So, Craig, can you tell us what makes your filters unique compared to others on the market? Sure, I'd be happy to. You know, our nano filters are not, you know, directly comparable to any other water purification media, you know, that are currently on the market today. The nano fiber filter is a, what they call an electropositive technology that has been developed. It's kind of crystalline in nature. The minerals inside the filter develop a strong positive charge as the water goes through it uh, and around the around the fibers and inside the fibers which attracts the negative uh, charge that are present in most submicron contaminants a little technical there but uh, <laughs> the media we currently use uh, is also infused with both carbon and silver making it more effective in filtering and treating microorganisms in the water that could make us sick so most filters today on the market are mainly mechanical in nature. You know, 
uh, both carbon filters and ceramic filters, which means the, the smaller the pore size or micron size of the filter, the smaller the particle or microorganism it can remove. So this process restricts the water flow to a greater degree and also shortens the filter life. But the electropositive technology, uh, we have a, a larger pore size, but much faster flow, flow of the water. So it captures extremely small nano-sized substances and pathogens, but also removes larger particles as well. Very interesting. It seems counterintuitive that it would have a larger pore size, but catch more of those smaller pathogens and particles. Yeah, that, that charge spans the, the filter media there, so it captures more particles. Well, one other thing with that filter, uh, it has 400 layers of nanomaterial sandwiched together. That wow. material creates a torturous path for even a, a virus to get through. So if you were to look under an electron microscope, it looks like a mascara brush with these uh, viruses spiked on the ends, almost like a cactus. So it, it filters multiple ways. It's got a positive charge that pulls in the negative charge like a magnet, has to go through 400 layers of nanomaterial, and the filters will typically last about 20 times longer than a mechanical filter that would be able to filter viruses, plus flow rates that are 300 times greater. Yes, which when you're sitting beside a stream trying to pump water into your water bottle, that's the flow rate is a big deal. Well, this filter all gives also gives us the ability to filter somebody's whole house or a village because we have filters that are 40 inches long that can filter over 2,000 gallons an hour. Wow. A mechanical filter that can do viruses, the water drips out. So this is a game-changing filter as far as its ability to save lives, treat lots of water, and uh, it really does a great job. It's got the highest reduction of bacteria and viruses tested to date. And you use the word reduction instead of remove. What, what's the difference between those two when you're talking water filtration? Well, I don't like the word remove because if it kind of gives people a false sense that it's taking everything out. There's no filter that guarantees 100% removal. So we have tests that are done by EPA certified labs that have reduction levels. A lot of companies use the word remove, but if I remove myself from a room, I'm no longer there. And I think people, in fact, a lot of people I talk to will often say, so your filter removes everything? No, it reduces and so I don't want people to get a false sense that uh, there's any filter out there that can guarantee 100% safety because it doesn't exist. Right. So then what would be your typical reduction rate? Our last EPA testing that was done a few weeks ago on a filter, we had a log six on both bacteria and virus, which means 99.9999 removal, six six nines now if we turn that into numbers of people for instance that would be 100,000 people and if there were a virus in the water it would reduce the risk to one in a hundred thousand possibly getting the virus the other 999 
9,999 would not get it. I should say 99,999 would not get the virus based on the reduction levels. So wow. greatly, re and if the water did have a virus and people drank it, all 100,000 would drink it that didn't use the filter. All of the 100,000 would become ill without the filter. Yeah, it needs a host body and you'd have it in you once you ingested the water. We're very lucky that this coronavirus wasn't uh, waterborne and that we could ingest it. Yeah, that would have changed everything. Well, especially since it's been found in almost every water supply source across the nation. Now, Craig mentioned nano water filtration technology. Is that the the layers or what is that considered? Well, there's 30 pages of scientific technology that explain <laughs> that. <laughs> Ooh, let's summarize it down to a few sentences for us. <laughs> well, typically there's different ways to build this filter. What we do is we have a 400 layers of material. It's a pleated filter. So if you were to look at a swimming pool or a filter for a hot tub, it looks very similar to that. By pleating it, it gives it more surface area. The filter lasts longer. So it has the 400 layers that create a torturous path. When water makes contact with the filter without the need for a power source, it becomes an electrically charged positive field. So water on contact. That pulls in the negative charge. It's impacted with carbon, which absorbs some heavy metals, chlorine. It improves the taste of the water. So if we're pulling water out of a stagnant pond, we want it to taste good. And so that polishes off the taste, makes it taste more like spring water. And then we infuse the filter with an AG on silver. That silver is an EPA certified uh, antimicrobial silver that we put in there to stop biological growth. And that will keep the filter lasting longer and it'll be safer out in the field. And then we put a five micron outer wrap around that filter, which is kind of like a paper filter. We wrap it around the nano filter and that will trap anything five microns or larger before it goes into the nano filter and that filter is rinsable. So there again, we can rinse it off. It prolongs the life of the filter out in the field. Very and so nice. it's all, yeah. So it's all about us getting a filter that lasts a long time, because if you're in a disaster zone, it's very difficult to carry a lot of filters, ship mm -hmm. them in. It's kind of like our situation with toilet paper and the coronavirus. <laughs> Yeah. You know, we couldn't even get it at the store. People were hoarding it. But the thing is, is uh, if we can make that filter last longer out in the field, it costs less, takes up less space, and uh, we can save a lot more lives with a single filter or enhance people's health. Definitely. So you mentioned out in the field quite a bit, but what were the origins and the connections with NASA, so the, the space connection? Well, the filter was co-developed by NASA and a couple other entities. So what we are is a, a spin-off partner with NASA because we use the same water filter technology on our filters as they use on the a space station and other space exploration. Uh, 
we've also been featured in their spin-off magazine and and uh, talked about there. And because astronauts have a limited ability to obtain water in space, they have to recirculate or reuse any water that's on the vehicle and make it clean and drinkable. And yes, that does include urine. <laughs> so <laughs> always the first question. <laughs> so this is the most advanced filter on the market for us here at home as well as on the space shuttle. So it's a it's a great uh, filter to use any any place because if you don't filter the water, your body becomes the filter. And a lot of people don't realize how much um, how many contaminants there are in the waters from groundwater, from pharmaceuticals that are being flushed into the water system. And uh, most municipalities are not equipped to filter that type of thing. It's a really good analogy of our bodies being the filter if we we don't have a good one. Well, let me interject one thing here, too. The bottled water everybody's buying nowadays, uh, on average, 93% of those bottles that we purchase at the store have anywhere from 300 to 10,000 microplastics in each bottle. That doesn't include all the chemicals and hormones and plasticides that they found, but there's been extensive studies done in Germany that show up to 24,500 contaminants in single bottles of store-bought bottled water. Pretty scary when you think about it. Yeah, the water you're thinking is the the cleaner and safer water <clears throat> actually has quite a few issues itself. Your tap water's safer, typically. So it started in space, highly scientific, obviously, if it can filter urine. And now you're using it. You said you could use it in homes and, you know, you referred to on-site locations or villages. Can you tell me where all your filters can be used? Well, the last... Current, you know, just a few weeks ago, we sent some off to an orphanage in Africa. Our company's been involved with uh, drilling a well there also. But in the interim, while the well was being drilled, uh, they needed clean water. So we sent a new filter that we had kind of developed, which is a gravity flow filter. So the only thing they needed on their end was two five-gallon buckets with lids. And they could make their own uh, gravity-fed water filter system we've also sent hand units to puerto rico uh during right after the hurricanes to provide water to people down there we uh sent units were sent to the philippines to supply 300 school children their water that was at a school uh i was at standing rock maybe i shouldn't talk about that one because of political reasons but i felt that you know there was a need and we had all these people on the front line trying to protect our water and during the time that standing rock was going the camp was shutting down their water truck broke down and so we uh built a system to provide the water protectors water up at standing rock uh there's other th- things that we've supplied and other entities that we've supplied water filtration to to through the years. But uh, that kind of gives you an idea of a little bit of what we've done. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it can be just about anywhere. It's more a matter of, you know, what you 
can put the filter in to whether it's a, a home unit or a five gallon bucket. We can also put these in uh, small uh, bottled water uh, units and uh, you can take them as you go camping or hiking or whatever. So have the same filter technology on portable things as well. That's really nice. And I feel like one time you guys told me about a, a backpack unit. Yeah, that's a, a, a three-stage unit as well. That's got a carbon filter, a nano filter, and also has a pre-filter in the stream or the lake where you has a pump to pump the water out at a gallon and a half a minute. Wow. And filter the water uh, to a purification state. There was one group that had our filter up at a, uh, a campground, and the only source of water was uh, out of a lake or a stream, and everybody else's uh, filters were plugging up and made the useless, and we had a, a fellow up there that was using ours, and he eventually supplied water to 30 other people whose, whose uh, filters didn't work anymore because of what, the way ours is designed. Goodness, that's a testament to your filter for sure. Yeah, that camp was actually a survival camp. <laughs> <laughs> that makes so, it even better. Yeah, everybody was told to bring their own filter up there, and everybody's filters plugged up within two hours, according to our customer. And they were up there for a week, so that backpack supplied 30 people, all their drinking water, cooking water, and his and his wife's bathing water for an entire week without ever slowing down, he said. So that's the difference between nanotechnology and a mechanical filter is its ability to filter a lot of water, do it quickly, and the filter lasting 25 times longer. Seems a no-brainer to me. That's definitely what you want to take with you. Well, sadly, not too many people are aware of this technology, even or its availability right now. And that was one reason why Craig and I got involved with this too, is we'd already been involved building survival units, uh, the fire jumpers, fire brigades uh, mm -hmm. in Northern California have been using one of our systems, which is uh, battery operated that provides 174 gallons per hour with a flip of a switch. Again, essential. That's for them to have that you have to have water <laughs> yes and you guys are both clearly passionate about bringing clean and safe water to everyone can you tell me a little bit more why you feel this is just so important well whether it be adults or children everybody has clean water and uh, not be, not be surprised with boil orders or or just bad water coming into their system, and so it's uh, extremely important for their health and well-being of of, of everyone to uh, have this type of filtration available, whether it be an emergency or on an everyday basis for your everyday life, uh, because you are what you drink and you are what you eat. So. It's very important to have this uh, type of filtration available to everybody. Uh, one thing I'd like to add to what Craig just said is this filter's ability to remove lead. What happened in Flint, Michigan, 
pretty much all of us across the country are aware of that situation with the high lead levels coming in through the homes and through the tap water. The lead reduction on a single pass-through of one nanofilter is over 98% lead reduction. Uh, you've got to rem- kind of bear in mind, too, when we build systems like for undercounter sinks or homes, there are multiple stages. So it'll go through one filter, through the next, through the next. And so with each filter, and we can do specialized filters, we can reduce, reduce, reduce. So we pretty much could have uh, eliminated the whole entire fiasco and the problems that Flint, Michigan was facing with the lead. In fact, I had contacted or tried to contact the mayor's office uh, and we were willing to donate a system uh, and get it up there at Flint, Michigan. But unfortunately, we never were able to make contact with the mayor. I feel like that's just a situation where sometimes the the 30 pages of science, like you mentioned, is a little intimidating. Well, unfortunately, and that's why people need to be need to be prepared. You know, Craig kind of emphasized people being prepared. But I mean, one thing that's really easy to do and very affordable is to have a filtration system on hand. Yes. And it can sit on your shelf for quite a while, correct? Yes. Or you can put one underneath your sink. Those filters will last typically a year or more. So now I have just a a random question for you because you guys do so much humanitarian work. How many continents have you supplied filtration systems for, for humanitarian groups? Well, some of it's not just filters. Some of it's been the copper-silver ion solution. Uh, remember when the hurricanes hit the Bahamas? Yes. Well, the problem with those is they had no water because all their water is well water. So people don't think about that either. But when the ocean tides came in and the flood started, all the uh, water was contaminated on the islands and they had to import water on barges so a group no town left behind contacted me and uh requested some of the h2o rescue because they were involved with delivering water on these barges and they wanted to treat the water and keep it safe so we've got products in the philippines and the bahamas uh in africa craig was in uh india uh, doing a working with a leper colony there south america mexico puerto rico it's kind of hard to keep track because some people order them in and we're currently working with a, a group right now too to supply a couple of countries in africa and testing and things are underway on that right now that's just amazing i mean from that list it sounds like you've hit six or maybe five of the the seven continents. So we we need to get you in Australia and Antarctica. Uh, South America, I forgot too. We've done some stuff down in Peru. Wow, yeah. Which some of these countries are really hard to get anything in. Things get stolen uh, Mm -hmm. when you're trying to take them in. 
the U.S. doesn't allow anybody, typically other than health officials, to touch water or supply water during emergency disasters. And sometimes they're slow to get to these people and they're drinking contaminated water in flood zones here in the U.S. So I think states and cities and uh, government officials need to be more uh, educated as to the uh, what these filters capabilities are and what they can do and incorporate the technology in uh, local emergency disaster situations. Yes, we have a lot more educating to do to bring this space technology to people. Well, it's relatively uh, new as far as being available to the public. NASA got involved in the year 2000, started using it in 2004, uh, really didn't become available to the public till we were one of the first that started building systems and uh, on a scale where it was home use, emergency use. And that was the year, probably what we started about 2016, 15. And uh, we were interviewed and we were in the spinoff technology magazine in 2017 where NASA kind of explained why they got involved with the filtration. Uh, one of their fears were terrorist attacks in this country because it would be real easy for uh, someone to contaminate our water supplies. And by mm -hmm. the time uh, we knew that it happened, many of us would have ingested that water through our taps. Yeah, be too late at that point. Well, I'd love to hear one of your stories, maybe one of your most memorable moments providing water to someone. Do either of you have a, a highlight in your mind? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Probably Good. the most recent one. And I'm only laughing because uh, I should have. I didn't expect what happened. But when we were sending some of those gravity filters to Africa, the people there had filled up these five-gallon jerry cans with the water, but rather than pre-filtering or letting the water settle, they filled them up full of dirt and moss. And uh, and then when they put our filters in the buckets, they basically filled these things up with uh, moss and mud, and they plugged up fairly quickly. They were able to clean them off and reuse them, but... I got a chuckle out of it because I just kind of expected them to know, you know, you can't just pour water that dirty into any type of filter without it plugging up. <laughs> and one of my close friends who's an engineer uh, saw the video and contacted me and asked me if I'd seen what they'd done yet. So I've got the video, which kind of is a funny thing, but it did remind me that I need to let people know because there's a simple solution to that. If you let water settle in a bucket for about five minutes, all the heavy dirt and debris will fall to the bottom. And then you can skim off the cleaner water or you can pre-filter it even with a t-shirt. Yeah, catch all those larger particles. And one thing that we've done since then is we got a five-gallon strainer that fits on top of these buckets that's a hundred micron that will remove most of that so when we send these out we're going to be sending out that filter with instructions and we're hoping to do a video on this fairly soon 
Awesome. I love that you're just always improving. Well, sometimes you learn by your own mistakes, and that's probably the best way. <laughs> Very true. It sticks with you a little bit longer that way. It sure, it sure does. <laughs> Craig, do you have a, a highlight moment or a, a story of bringing water to someone? Well, there was a, a lady that uh, came to us one day and says, have you got something to filter our water? Because the city I'm in right now, the water is horrible. None of us want to drink it. Uh, the only thing we can do is drink bottled water. So we uh, supplied a whole house system to her and her family. And uh, they were able to drink it from then on. And uh, I can count on her coming in about once a year and uh, buying new filters because it's it starts to collect so much debris and and chemicals in the water that it, it starts to plug up a little bit so uh, she gets a new fresh set of filters every year and uh, their water tastes great so that's some people just don't realize all the contaminants that are in their water whether it be ones that you can taste or ones that do not taste and will make you sick eventually yeah i, I guess i've always just had water out of the tap my whole life and it, it tastes good so never well, really thought about it a lot of contaminants are not just man-made they're just uh they leach out of the soils and and uh out of the mountains or wherever the water is coming from uh, they're just naturally occurring like arsenic and and uh radon and all that kind of thing uh just come right out of the soil so and that doesn't even include the pesticides that are being that's probably the number one contaminant in the country are these uh, agricultural groups that are putting a lot of chemicals into the ground that goes into our aquifers and uh, there's thousands of contaminants. I mean, you can't filter them out. So a lot of that. And so these greatly reduce it and enhance your health. You know, people want to be healthy and they spend a lot of money on things that really don't do anything to enhance your health, <laughs> but they won't spend a couple of hundred dollars for an under-counter sink unit. It amazes me. Yeah. The one thing we are always drinking could filter and make better. Oh, and one thing you mentioned, you think that your tap water tastes good. Craig, I think we need to send Kara a water bottle with one of our filters. <laughs> And let her do a taste test on that and get back to us. <laughs> That's right. I'd definitely do that. Have a little uh, scientific comparison of taste. We had a gentleman, I'm guessing it was in his 80s, do that. And he had, a, I'm not going to name the manufacturer, but he had a, a well-known manufacturer's filter. He bought one of ours and he had his wife doing a taste test, which was kind of funny because he brought on a piece of paper, which one was our filter, which one was the others. And he did it a couple of times with a couple of people. And every time they picked our filters, having the best tasting water. <laughs> so I'm definitely sending you a water bottle. I love it. We, we will for sure do that. Maybe we'll even uh, have a little display at the discovery center with something like yeah. that. That'd be really fun. Well, I've talked to the Discovery Center, too, because I don't I think you're aware of this, but we developed the world's first water bottle made entirely out of plants. 
Yes. It's antimicrobial, so we infused it so the bottle itself can basically stop bacteria and viruses from growing on the surface. It has options for two different filters. Uh, we like the fact that when we got involved with this project, we partnered with another couple of people on that was the fact that when we were manufacturing these, it leaves a zero carbon imprint on the planet. In fact, we're basically stopping some pollution because we're taking a material that's going to be burned and we're turning it into a plant made plastic that's biodegradable that's and it's excellent. reusable. Well, I think that's all the questions I have for you guys. Did did I miss anything that you wanted to make sure and share with us? I think we've covered all the basics and uh, the importance of water and importance of water filtration, no matter who you are and where you are. So uh, it's important for your health. Yeah, I think we've pretty much covered it. You know, one thing about these water bottles, you can carry them through the airport or anywhere on the planet, have them in hand. If we had a disaster or an earthquake or something and it's in your hand, you've got your water filtration system with you at all times. Can't ask for anything better than that. So we'll make sure you get yours, Tara. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> and we really appreciate uh, the opportunity to talk with you. Yeah, it's been my pleasure. I yep. always really enjoy speaking with you guys and hearing your story. I, I feel like sometimes I'm, I'm very naive about water and, and the filtration and cleansing of it. So well, I appreciate it. Most people are, and that's that's what we're here is to educate them and help them to realize that importance. So thank you for the opportunity. It is our pleasure. You can subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Remember to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn, and of course our website, spacefoundation.org where you can also learn about the various ways you can support Space Foundation. On all of these outlets and more, it's Space Foundation's mission to be a gateway to education, information, and collaboration for space exploration and space-inspired industries that drive the global space ecosystem. At Space Foundation, we will always have space for you. Thanks for listening. <laughs>